0: Hi everyone. Welcome to leader to leader with Jennifer Zock. Today, I'm in conversation with Dr. Marsha Reynolds about her book, Outsmart Your Brain. Dr. Marsha is the author of several books and has spent over 20 years deepening her coaching skills and teaching coaching around the world. Marsha's doctoral degree is in organizational psychology, and she holds two master's degrees in education and communications. Marsha is passionate about sharing the science and art of coaching so we can work together to expand minds, uplift hearts, and connect souls to make a difference on this planet. Take a listen to hear what inspired Outsmart Your Brain and why Dr. Marsha says self-talk is useless. Good morning, Dr. Marsha Reynolds. Thank you for being here today to talk with me about your book, Outsmart Your Brain. Mm -hmm. I was really attracted to this book because much of my work is teaching leaders just this, how to outsmart their brain using their somatic awareness. And I've got a lot of pages in the in your book mm-hmm. highlighted. And so I really wanted to bring you forward as my guest to to talk directly to to my listeners about about your amazing book what mm-hmm. you know what inspired you to write out smart your brain. <laughs> sure.
1: Well, you know, um Jennifer that before I left my last corporate job and uh, started my business, um, I had ran training departments for a couple of decades. And actually my second master's was in instructional design, adult learning. Mm -hmm. So I was always trying to make my classes better, you know, and um, you know, and people like the classes, they give me the happy faces, but then they just go back to old behavior. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, I kept, seeking and researching, you know, what is it that it takes for people to learn? And there was two things when I left my job, uh, the first day I left, somebody sent me an article about coaching, Yes, you know, and I went to a coaching school and I watched a, a demo and I said, okay, there's something important here. Mm-hmm. But it was a year later that Daniel Goleman came out with his book, Emotional Intelligence. And I said, you know, we never really scripted or factored into learning the importance of the emotional state you're in to be able to learn and also the emotional state when you're trying to apply what you learn <laughs> and what sends you back to old behavior you know that it, that we make decisions with our emotions and justify them with logic
0: So So I started,
1: actually, I I designed a a program on emotional intelligence. It's like 97. I put it on the internet. And when the U.S. government called me, they said, we want someone in our leadership programs for HHS and NIH to teach emotional intelligence. We went on the internet. And um, other than Daniel Goleman, we could only find you. And he costs too much. (laughs) So. I got to learn while I was teaching and I, while I was teaching, I'm like, well, I need a book, you know, to leave with people. So it started just as a like 60 page booklet. Then I added to it. I, and then I had the first edition. Um, and then uh, I came out, I think it was 2017 with the second edition because I'd learned so much, <laughs> you know, in like the 15 years that I needed to update. Uh, because this is really a new science. It is. Yeah. So, um, And I still am constantly researching. And what inspired me to get my doctorate uh, in neuroleadership was mm-hmm. all this work. So that's the
0: journey <laughs> to the book. All right. And you you've said that you've learned so much along this journey. What if you had to choose the number one lesson that you've learned, what would it be? Um,
1: That self-talk is useless. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That it's not that we change our mind, we change our behavior. No, you have to change your emotions in order to change your mind, to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, about 300 years ago, we did know in the psychology world that emotions were important. But then this guy came along, uh, Descartes, who said, I think, therefore, I am. And all the science turned to thought construction and ignored emotion. And so like even scientific management and how we measure productivity, all of that had no emotional uh, factor. mm mm-hmm. And so the whole, you know, affirmations, you'll change yourself. No, not if you don't truly believe. So I think that was the big thing that I found in my research that, no, it's not change your mind, change your behaviors, change your
0: emotions, change your mind, change your
1: behavior.
0: (laughs) I'm a firm believer that people change based on how they feel.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe it, you won't change
0: it. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. What is the number one lesson that you want your readers to walk away with from reading your book?
1: Well, it's a lot to do with your your work around somatic,
0: Mm -hmm. that,
1: you know, emotions that trigger us, uh, you know, irritation, impatience, um, fear, anger are uh, biological first. And Mm -hmm. that you don't exactly have to know my fear is here, my anger is here, but just the moment that you have a tenseness in your body to know it's probably (laughs) emotionally based. And like when I teach coaching, it's like in that moment, you don't have time to think about it. You're trying to be present. (sighs) Just breathe and release the tension Mm -hmm. you know, and drop your awareness to the center of your body, out of your brain. Um, and then choose how you want to feel so those emotions of of gratitude of care of courage of um, patience of love mm-hmm. are neuro uh have neural responses that make our brain um, open up and and work uh, more effectively mm-hmm. you know, so notice the tension breathe into it drop your center into your body and choose how you want to feel. And you can do that like this with practice.
0: Yeah. You know, so many of my clients have commented, you know, they just can't believe how quickly this works. And it Mm -hmm. does because the body knows before the brain does. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the, the space, that Viktor Frankl talks about in his mm-hmm. famous quote yes. is yes. this, this yeah. somatic space of somatic awareness, where we oh. have, if we are aware enough, then we can choose to how we want to respond versus mm-hmm. having an emotional reaction that we may regret later on. Um, actually, I
1: say it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um that 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 the reaction you feel in your body is a reaction you will have the reaction it's not about make myself not react because i am a human i will yes um but to notice oh look i'm having a reaction <laughs> you know ah, and i can release it and choose to feel something different yeah. and um you know the the famous work around if you do that within six seconds which is really a long time Mm -hmm. You can actually change your chemistry in your body beyond six seconds. Those reactions are going to flood and, and uh, it'll, you can still change, but it'll be more difficult to release the tension and choose. So the practice is, can I catch myself having, having a reaction and not get mad that I have the reaction, you know, because I just am human and human. That's a part of the full human experience. Mm -hmm. and 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 be curious oh look i'm having a reaction (laughs) you know and then breathe into it so you can release it and choose how you want to feel yeah
0: yeah Yeah. is there a section of your book that you would like to read to our listeners no (laughs) i
1: don't have it in front of me you don't
0: have it It's fine okay well as i mentioned that I have highlighted a lot of pages in here. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to quickly thumb through here and just by chance okay. the page comes up and what I highlighted. And we That'd can be great with that. So all right. Ooh, okay. And I have a question that I marked with this too. So instead of managing your emotions, when you notice how you feel, you would be better able to understand your triggers and then shift your emotions if you choose to very much what we were just talking about mm-hmm. and the question that i wrote in the margin is what's the difference
1: yeah well you know i um words all have meaning mm-hmm. and when we use the word manage there's a there's a, a connotation of control yes and there's a big difference you know between suppressing and catching and releasing. if you suppress an emotion, oh look, I'm angry and then just stuff it.
0: Mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's still in your body and people still feel it. you know, you walk into a room and and everybody's mad at each other, you feel it. right? You know, there is a measurable energy. We can now measure the electromagnetic energy of emotions. So I don't care what you show on your face. people will still feel your emotion. And besides that, the garbage can can only hold so much, yes. you know, so it will either come out in your health because it affects, you know, the stress stuffed in your body affects every system you have. And or you take it out on the people you most love yes. at home or road rage, which is truly increased since people have been out since the pandemic, Um it's amazing the, the level of accidents that they're seeing now. So it comes out in, in sideways (laughs) in ways we don't intend. So this isn't about managing and controlling emotion. It's about catching
0: and release. Yeah. Oh, I like that catching and release that really, that uh, paints a very vivid and Mm -hmm. accurate picture. I think when you were talking a moment ago, it reminded me of something that I used to teach my, my daughter when she was little to help her learn, not to stuff emotions and Mm -hmm. back to the garbage, because I would tell her that if you don't take the garbage out, it's eventually gonna start to become stinky going <laughs> yeah, very idea good. that our attitude is the mm-hmm. the perfume of the of the heart
1: <laughs> yeah well you know and it's so nice that you did that because so many parents you know just teach don't you know don't cry um to both girls and boys and you know our emotions make you look weak and then And then we get them to teach them as adults and they've only learned to stop their emotions. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's amazing to me how it's still so new, (laughs) you know, like I I posted, so I write for um, psychology today. I blog for them. Mm -hmm. And just this week I posted, kind of just rewrote some things uh, from the book on, on uh, just a post on uh, uh, how to, diffuse emotions in difficult conversations. And already in four days, there's like 25,000 hits, you know, because people don't know. They were never really taught. Yes. So they have to get it through classes or through online. And there's still such misinformation. You know, Mm -hmm. so you said you keep learning. Well, I do, because a lot of the things we believed, even when the science started like after you know the late 1990s Mm -hmm. um that we now know are not true yeah you know like you um have a have a right brain and a left brain that work all by themselves no they don't (laughs) you know or or the one i love is um you only use a portion of your brain you know we have to have you know and they've done movies on that that's baloney you know we're always using our brain it's how you use it that's most important
0: (laughs) yeah we're using that brain and body without even being aware of it yes (laughs) the you know the brain and and the gut you all are familiar with gut feelings but that Mm -hmm. is connected like you know those two organs like no other organs And often when I speak, I will ask people, show of hands, how many of you have heard of somatic awareness? Not a one. No, no, which hand goes up, yeah. but they've all experienced it Right. because I give them the example of being in the grocery store. You know, you've mm-hmm. forgotten something. You don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. That is an example of somatic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've all had that. Mm-hmm. Do you have... One thing that you notice, or maybe are aware of, that your readers maybe struggle to understand the most in your book, does anything come to mind? Uh,
1: so, so, so you know, I'm writing. I, I signed a book contract two months ago, so I'm writing a new book. So it's hard for me to like. Okay, what's in that book, which was my this will be my fourth published book. So I've, you know, it's like, okay, that book, which what was in there. (laughs) But I think that um, the concept of social needs really came through to me then. And I've used it uh, uh, in many different ways since that most of our emotions um, are triggered in the moment in conversation by a social need not met. You know, and the and the problem is is that our social needs are our strengths. You know, it's helped us to be the success that we are. So, like I always give the example, um, I have a social need for attention. <laughs> it's helped me to be a great success, but I go to a networking event and I'm like, uh, you know, nobody's paying attention to me. This is stupid. I'm going home. <laughs> I have to recognize it's like, really, is it just that nobody's paying attention? Can you go find someone to talk to? You know, so understanding that I have these needs for attention, for um, recognition for my work, not for myself, but for my work, Um, uh, control, you know, helped me to rise up into leadership quickly in every company I was in, helped me to start an international business But I had to learn when I started working with groups to produce programs, Mm -hmm. I don't need to always be in control, Mm -hmm. you know? So when I come to understand the needs that are driving my reactions, then I can manage them. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise they manage me. So I think that finding that work early on, and then I've been developing and working with it ever since, Mm -hmm. um, uh, was really critical information.
0: Yeah. One final question here mm-hmm. as we wrap things up. What's the message of hope in any one of your your books <laughs> for our listeners?
1: Mm. Um. I always like the Edwin O. Wilson quote, you know, he wrote on human nature in like what the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can either be a victim of your biology or the master of your destiny with your knowledge of your biology. Mm -hmm. And I equate biology with emotions and emotional reactions. We can either be the victim or the master, which do you choose? And that we can be the masters and we can live lives of choice and free will if we understand this. Otherwise, our emotions are the masters.
0: Be the master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great note to end on.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you so Thank much, you. Marsha.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you.
0: Will you be the victim or the master? Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about Dr. Marsha Reynolds and her work, please visit www.OutsmartYourBrain.com. Again, that's www outsmartyourbrain.com.